I'm Craig Jones, your host of the Face First Golf Podcast. Knowing what to do to improve your game can be daunting, to say the least. Since 2014, I've helped over 20,000 players play better golf through online learning. Each week, I'll be featuring different Face First Golf members who share their journey to better golf to help you succeed at improving your own game. So let's get to it. Swinging your club path from the inside on the downswing and releasing the club through and after impact is a key source of effortless power. Don Krause is somebody who's gained 40 yards with his driver and gained a couple of clubs with his iron. So he's gone through this process. He shares some tips. If you struggle with this issue that so many players do, that plagues so many 12-plus handicap players their whole lives, I hope you enjoy this conversation with longtime Face First Golf member Don Krause. The the feel good kickoff here, Don. So this is uh, uh, Don Krause. Where are you from? Not you're in North North Carolina. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm originally from the uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. Okay, nice. I've lived in a lot of places though. I, I actually nobody's ever beat me. I've, I've this is the thirty second house that I've lived in at age fifty five. Thirty second house at age fifty five. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. And you've been a Face First Golf member for, what, two, three years, something like that? I think it's approaching three years. Yeah. I need to go back and look and see what my original email from you is. But, yeah, it's at least two and a half years, I'd say, at this point. Right, yeah. It's been a, and and uh, quite a swing transformation that we'll talk about here and actually get some visuals and look at that here in just a little bit. But um, so so kind of the the feel-good kickoff here. Tell me, tell me about your greatest moment in golf. Do you have a greatest moment in golf off the top of your head? Well, I have, I have one Eagle in my career, so probably has to be that. I've I've been close to uh, about uh, 15, like within a few inches of holes and ones about 15 times now. And it's just, (laughs) haven't had the good fortune. Um, But it was, it was a high pressure uh, situation. I was at a friend's, this is, this was a long time, probably 20 years ago. I was at a friend's wedding up in Rhode Island. And we were, uh, so we were playing for this horrible shot. Whoever, whoever lost had to drink it after the round of tequila and Tabasco sauce. Um, so the pressure is, is real. It's I'd rather lose a thousand dollars than have to drink that thing. Um, so, uh, and, and I always lost to this one guy. And I was, I was losing to him by about four strokes heading into the last few holes. And we got to a 610 yard par five. Um, so I hit a nice drive. I hit a, I hit a good three wood. I, I still had 185 yards in on my third shot and I used my seven iron and it was up on a hill so we could see the green and I still, I could still see the golf ball back then. And, uh, so I hit my seven iron and landed pin high and sat. And then it just started rolling to the left and uh, rolled about 10 feet and went into the cup and he hadn't hit his shot yet. So he freaked out, ballooned up. Um, so I almost caught him on that hole. And then the next, the, the next hole I chipped in for a, uh, for a birdie and that just, that just killed him. So I wound up winning the, finally beat him in a round. Wow. <laughs> hole out, hole out for Eagle followed by chip in for birdie. When it was when it was under under pressure, that's a that's a great that's a great golf moment right there. All well, of the horrible swing at that point. <laughs> yeah, now now your swing has changed a lot. So tell me a little bit about your game before face first golf. I guess what what problem were you trying to solve at that time? Well, yeah, I just. Uh, I knew, I knew my swing wasn't particularly good based on how erratic it was, you know, fat shots, chunky, you know, really chunky, thin, sli- uh, I, I hit a lot of slices before face first golf, not too many, uh, not too many pull shots or anything like that. So my big miss was definitely a, a slice. So I didn't have very, you know, all my friends out hit me, even, even older friends. Um, I, I didn't play golf until after college really so I was probably in my 20s and uh, I was getting into business so I was getting invited on on business rounds and it was really frustrating um so I find I, that 
way back then I said, you know what, I need to take some lessons or I just need to say no to these business golf outings. So that's what I started taking lessons back then. And I, I had some pretty good success with it initially, but it, after, you know, so I'd take five lessons and then six months later it was like, I'd never taken a lesson in my life and every, all the bad habits would just creep back in. Um, I knew I was chicken winging, all that kind of, and I kind of went like that until face first golf, where I would, I would, I've, I've taken a lot of golf lessons in my life. And, um, I just felt like there was always something missing from the lessons. These were live lessons at driving ranges. Um, and I would make short-term progress and then, and then lose it very quickly. And then you, you know, and we, because we were moving a lot, I never had any real consistency with golf pros. So I was always seeing somebody different and every, everybody I would see would have a different approach to it. I always felt like they were very, my, my gut was telling me that they were very focused on like, not on a process, but just kind of like, Oh, I see you doing this. So you need to fix that, but not going to the, to the fundamental root cause of what was, of why it was going wrong. So, um, uh, partly because of my eyesight, uh, I was able to retire early, um, kind of had to retire early. And so I had a lot more time. Um, and just golf was one of the things that I fell in love with, but I just, as no matter how many lessons I took, I just didn't seem to be making progress with the driving range, uh, range pros. And then the, uh, the pandemic hit and I was like, well, you know, they were all shut down. Um, so I started watching, uh, just random golf videos on YouTube and I found some pretty good guys, but again, it was kind of like piecemeal, you know, like work on this th today. And then tomorrow I'd find a different video and I'd be working on something else. And, um, I felt like my swing was getting better. That's the, that's when I got my sky track. So I was able to kind of monitor it and I, I was making, uh, making good progress, but still feeling like something was, was missing. And that's, that's actually when I spotted your promotional video and yeah. I'd never, I'd never paid for an online golf lesson before, but. Uh, your message kind of struck me and I was like, you know what, I, I want to try these first few steps um, and see, see how it goes. And I liked it right from the beginning. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot to, a lot to unpack there. Cause you're, I mean, you're, you're really, you're hitting on some things, so much of this. I really want these conversations to be a, a resource for players who are kind of in the same situation. Um, and I saw this over and over and exactly what you what you said there uh, about taking five lessons at a time, um, really feeling like you would revert back to old habits. That's one of the things that I always felt like when I owned my golf tech learning centers. Uh, that was one of those I would consider a golf tech kind of an, an ideal situation, because what we would do is. We would give people regular weekly lessons and over the course of a long period of time, often years. But of course, the flip side of that is that so many, so many players end up doing what you did, which is take a few lessons at a time to kind of get back on track. Because if you're going to take, you know, 52 lessons a year at Golf Tech, it's going to cost you four grand a year or something. Most people aren't going to be spending that on their game. So then they end up in that situation where they take a few lessons, as you said, probably put a Band-Aid on a couple of things that kind of get you around for a little bit. And then a few months goes by. And in most cases, you would put that before swing up next to, went through some changes, then going back and you'd look at those swings side by side and probably not a whole lot has changed. So I think that is, that really hits at the heart of kind of what are the options for for people who are out there looking to improve their game it's either you know spend a few grand a year on 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 great lessons or you know take a few lessons at a time and hopefully there's something you know that that's in between those two things which is that you can get constant attention without kind of breaking the bank and you continue to kind of remain committed to the process over the long term. And that's kind of what I always envisioned face first golf being. And it's not, you know, it's not super inexpensive, uh, you know, one time something it's not off the charts expensive. And it's something in between there where you keep hearing the same things. And that's the other thing that you really touched on there that hit me is, is you start 
going and and watching all the the diff everybody's got a different method a different way of of teaching and i always say i don't care if it's it's face first golf i just want to see players commit to something and really stick with it and learn it over the over the long term yeah yeah i agree i agree with that a lot and i i think um the thing that really struck the chord for me with face first golf was the I, I love the idea of step one through six and learning the fundamental of each part of the six key areas of the swing. And I, I never got that at any golf lesson, even I'm a golf tech veteran actually. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, it was still, you know, it still wasn't that, you know, here's the grip, here's the low and slow takeaway. Here's how you get set up in the backswing. Here's how you start the downswing impact balance and finish. And that's the whole swing. And you're, six step process of going through that that's when i finally under understood the golf swing i never really understood the golf swing until i went through your entire step six step program well and so much of it too i think is you know we always talk about kind of that that l to l kind of motion and there's the mm -hmm. with the introduction of the of the 30 day challenge stuff where it really focuses on the swing the triangle motion which is kind of the the low and slow motion and then kind of that loop it under and how important it is to for that loop it under motion to get that club path coming from the inside on the downswing before you can ever really start to get the benefit of that forearm rollover release. And I think that's yep. something, as I've looked at your swing over the years, that's something that you still see kind of that battle is still kind of playing out a little bit with, with your swing where, uh, you get that club coming nicely from the inside and then you've got that nice forearm rollover release going. And then it becomes kind of something that where some trust, a trust issue, maybe a lack of trust issue kind of pops in there. Then that little over the top kind of creeps back in there. And then that chicken wing wants to kind of creep yeah. back. And so, and I've got, I want to, uh, I want to share my screen here. I'm no Zoom expert here, but let me see if I can pull this up and because uh, I want to show this right here. All right. So this is this is this is the old swing right here, which is yep. what I'm talking about here. You can see that that over the top, and this isn't severely over the top you know compared to where you had been before that club used to be as you said way out over here and incrementally going down here down here getting all the way to where it gets all the way down there and so i think it's really important for for anybody watching or listening to this to really understand that swinging that club path from the inside is so uh important for this is the old chicken wing and it's yep. it, i mean and i'm not laughing at you here don this is <laughs> I'm, laughing, I'm laughing with uh with glee when i look at when i look at this newer motion here let me just pull this back a little bit here and you know so first of all you can see look at that downswing path coming so much more from the inside now that yep. down all the way down here. And this, you've got to have that in place to be able to get this, which is the forearm rollover release. And look at that same position in the swing where that chicken wing used to be and just how it's just really been completely eliminated. So I just wanted to... Uh, I just wanted to take a quick look at that because that is, um, and and I've been seeing a little bit of this lately, and it's really got me excited about uh, kind of the the thirty day challenge. That towel drill, I think, is really um, where so much of that has come from because that was a real struggle before. I'll stop sharing my screen here now, but yep. real struggle there before, and um, so. And, and that is probably, if there's one problem that that every 12-plus handicap player is out there struggling with right now, 
I mean, that's it. I always talk about how, you know, the if you can get that club path coming from more from the inside on the downswing and start to release the club more, that right there is half the battle. And then if you can maybe learn a little bit of that, kind of a little bit more of that lagging motion through impact, those are those those huge issues that almost all 12 plus handicap players struggle with their whole lives. So what I guess what what do you attribute the changes to and and what would you tell somebody who's in that situation struggling with those same things? What's the path to making those kinds of changes? Yeah. Well, I, I think you, you, you know, you need to really want to make the change and put some time into it. And um, the at home 10, even five minutes uh, a few times a day or 10 or 15 minutes a few times a day, not even always with a golf ball. Like, I think that's what really changed a lot of things for me too recently is that 30 day challenge has really gotten me uh, uh, focused on practice and not just pounding golf balls. Um, feeling the, feel, the right. feeling that motion. Yeah. It builds in so nicely to the, to the whole step, uh, six step uh, program. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, just going, even as you're going through the six steps, you know, really focusing in on those drills and taking, you know, five or 10 minutes, a couple times a day to, to do the drill and, and start to feel it because you really have to retrain your body. And I think the older you are and the longer you've been doing the bad stuff, I think they'll probably, I'm sure everybody's not the same, but it's been a, you know, a couple of year transition for me and you just have to be patient. But right. the, I think the reward is, um, I mean, I, I just love the way I'm hitting the golf ball right now. It's well, that's what I was so say. effortless. How much further are you hitting? I mean, you've gained like, 50 yards or something with your driver. Yeah. Yeah. I used to hit a, you know, and this was when I was 48, I would hit a 205 yard fade or, or slice with my driver. Uh, I'm 55 now. Um, my, my club head speed when I, when I got my simulator, uh, three years ago was my average club head speed was 82 with my driver. Now I have it up over a hundred at oh, age 50. Wow. I, I think that's, I'm super psyched about that at age 55. Um, <laughs> I am too. <laughs> and, and it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt anymore. Like some of those bad swings could be just painful. It's kind of like in professional wrestling when nobody's home, it, you know, it really hurts. So, uh, <laughs> so the, the, uh, the new swing just feels when, when I get it exactly right, it is just so effortless and, and the ball just comes off the ball with that nice little draw. So, I've been hitting my driver as much as, as 270 now. I think oh, wow. out on the golf course, my average is probably about 245. Okay. So up 40 yards with driver. And and so some of that 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 distance increase has got to translate to the irons as well. So what does it mean? I'm trying to, as I'm sitting here, I'm kind of trying to do the numbers in my head. Like what does what does it work out to as far as, you know, I'm thinking, I mean, it sounds like maybe sometimes what used to be maybe like a, a five iron or a hybrid or something into greens is turning into more like an eight or nine iron. Cause if you're hitting it 40 yards further on average off the tee, you have to have gained a couple of clubs in, in iron distance as well. So when you combine those two things, I mean, what does that mean with as far as clubs that you're hitting into greens? Yeah. Uh, well now I'm hitting, yeah, you, I always used to be hitting, uh, hybrids and fairway woods into the greens uh, off of the white tees now you know a lot of my friends that are hitting 55 and you know 60 are they're moving from the white tees to the more forward tees and i'm moving back to the blue tees when i play with some of the younger guys so and and i'm still hitting you know set eight seven six i hardly ever get a fairway wood out anymore uh off of the tee so you're yeah, moving, I've added um, coming back and hitting shorter clubs into greens. That's, that's, yeah, my my eight iron three years ago was 130 yards. Now it's my uh, nice easy 155 yard club. And lately, as uh, since this 30 day challenge, there's been a few times where I've been 20 yards off the back of the green from a from 155 out. <laughs> wow. So uh, I'm gonna have to make some adjustments there. As I, it's not consistent enough yet. So I played as my 155 club, and that's usually about right. But right. I feel like uh, pretty soon I'm probably gonna be adjusting that. So, and you would say it sounds like you you would attribute 
the 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 big changes to one just really committing to the process and mm-hmm. two it sounds like these these practice sessions because that's a big part of phase first golf really is just these uh these these i always say short but frequent practice sessions at home are so much better and easier they they have a bigger impact and it's a lot easier on your on your body than kind of these marathon ball beating sessions so is that what so so when it comes down to it it's it's about committing to the process and this this practice at home habit yeah definitely and i think i've really benefited recently from adjusting to shorter uh more frequent practice like just drilling and not even worrying i i finally took your advice and turned off my simulator and just hit into the white net um, so that i'm not numbers can mess with your head <laughs> yeah um but it was really the you know when you introduced the 30-day challenge that i really that really finally struck home i i am guilty of being a uh you know i could go out into the garage for an hour and hit 100 100 golf balls and um and i was always you know i was working on on your drills and it was making a big difference but this more disciplined uh, practice, uh, and drilling that I'm now into, I think is just making a huge, huge difference. That's great. I mean, that's, it's, uh, it's just great to hear because, you know, that was, that was so much of what the, the goal of the 30 day challenge, where it was just like so many members like you who've been around for so many years. And I felt like we really need to do something a little bit different. I think a lot of players, especially players who've been through the steps, are ready for really what we're trying to do is is pack more into one drill. Really, there, you know, and I and I that's what I felt like. Players like you, who really had been through the steps, know the swing pretty well, know some of these concepts, and now we can start trying to, you know, get the uh, packing in hinge uh coming from the inside on the downswing a little bit of that delay of that release the whipping of the toe past the the heel of the club which you know those are what i always call all the 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 really the four the four releases for effortless power you know one is to set the angle and release the angle another one is to release the toe of the club past the heel of the club another one is to release the rotation body the rotation of the body through and towards the target through impact. And then the last one there is just that release of the of the tension that that what brings it all together and turns kind of the golf swing into what I always call that throwing or almost uh you know just a whipping it through kind of of yep. so that's yep. uh that, that's great to hear. So and what about the uh what about the what about the live broadcast? These are always, I, I'm still, you know, this is something that I always ask this honest question of people because I'm always like, you know, my commitment to them is to keep showing up. I keep feeling like uh, like some days I'm really on it with some good stuff to present. Other days, not as much. It always turns, seems to more often than not turn into a really great kind of uh uh, discussion with with members, and I'm just going though. I and I keep asking this question: just is there any real value in that, or is it really just more about building the community and us being able to interact and and know that each other as real people? Or or what's the? Is there any value in those? Do you watch the replays? Do you get anything out of them? Yeah, I've watched every single one. I think about half of them live, and the other half uh, the recordings because I couldn't make the live session. Um, and I've gotten I've gotten uh, some really nice things out of every session that you've done. I, I do really like the the sense of community. The, the Facebook page is great for that too. Uh, I feel like even though I, I haven't talked with anybody uh, in person, you know, uh, people are just really willing to help and make suggestions and watch each other's videos. Uh, so I love all of that. And I think the the live session just kind of adds to that because you, you're, you're all kind of chatting at the same time and getting your questions out to you and you're having, you're answering them, them live and people can build off of those if they have more questions about it. So I, I just, I really like that part of it. I probably don't have too much more to say about that, uh, that uh, what you've already said. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate think. the time that you take on a you know Friday morning to talk to all of us. So well, I, I love think it's pretty it. innovative. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. I mean, I absolutely love it. I mean, I just really, um, you know, like I I, I sent out an email re- recently, just kind of you know burying the way that I that I actually feel about it and saying, hey, can I be honest with you guys? I don't always look forward to these things. But every single time, by the time, you know, we hit stop at the at the end, it really lights me up to to be able to, you know, because that, and that's what I feel like, um, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm nothing special, but I, I, I have been really fortunate to have the opportunity to have really put in a lot of work over the years, you know, owning five golf tech learning centers, first being a coach and teaching 10,000 lessons, owning five golf tech learning centers, kind of coaching the coaches through that. And then, as I always say, this last eight years of, of owning face first golf online, I feel like I've gotten more clarity on my teaching than I did in the previous 17 years of teaching because of all of the the writing that it requires and writing the emails and the, and the web pages and all of that stuff that I feel like um, I, I just feel like to, to not do those is really a disservice to both of us because it just feels like uh, it feels like I've been preparing my whole life to do these and it allows me to speak off the cuff. And, and, and I think in most cases probably give pretty solid answers to the questions that people ask. So I really just love doing them, and it and it absolutely lights me up uh, every time when when we're done. What about these golf meditations? <laughs> have, you, have you done any of those? I, I've got it's probably ten about ten to one positive to negative feedback, but I do get from some people every once in a while like I'm not doing meditation. <laughs> so, yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, <laughs> Well, I, I had dabbled with some meditation before you suggested it. I I, I had a hard time staying uh, disciplined with it, but I, I liked it when I did it. I find you know five minutes of just trying to keep your mind quiet is uh, super relaxing, and and I feel like I was getting benefit out of it. I just didn't have the discipline to do it. So I actually really like the idea of the guided mes- meditation where it's around something that I'm very interested in improving on. So um, I was very open to the idea of you know sitting down and thinking about my golf swing for five or 10 minutes and, and meditating on it. Um, I think it's been, I think it's been really helpful. I've been trying to do it before I go out to my, uh, to my daily practice session. So I've probably been averaging about four or five times uh, a week with the meditation. Um, and I, I feel like it's pretty early on still, but I feel like it's been beneficial. I, 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 I've been trying to do my, when I'm in that three minute segment where we're doing it on our own, I try and do, I try and visualize myself three different ways. So first I do it where I'm actually in my own body, kind of looking down at the golf ball. And then I go out like on the front view and then the side view. And I try and picture all three of those. And uh, I've been having really good practice sessions afterwards. So I think it's beneficial. And I think it's just really good for you mentally that it's been studied and there's definitely really good benefits to meditation. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that uh, uh, I always say it's just kind of, you know, learning how to, how to, in most cases, just kind of rein your mind in, you know, I always mm-hmm. call it, you know, my, my toddler mind that always wants to, you know, take over and run amok. And, and if I can learn how to, you know, recognize when it, uh, when it does try to take over and say, you know, Hey, toddler mind of mine, I see you. Uh, you don't get a vote. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that's basically what the practice is. So when people say, you know, it's just too weird or something like that, I always think there in my mind, there's almost nothing more that could be more practical than than learning how to manage our minds. And then when you apply it to something like golf, which is such a such a mental game, I mean, just the idea of recognizing when your mind because i mean the the golf course is the ultimate place for your mind to try to try Mm -hmm. to dumb stuff and start telling you a million things that don't help don't matter 
start worrying about things that don't help, don't matter, you know, all these things that pull us out of the out of the moment and the moment's all that matters because it's just the process and your outcomes are the result of your process getting better and everything's trying to on the golf course pull us out of a good positive process. Yeah. So I don't you know, know when I when I played on Wednesday, I felt like I, I did one of my best rounds of um really settling my mind before my swing and not having any uh, negative swing thoughts. So I don't know if that was attributed to the med- probably attributed to the meditation practice. Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, who knows? so but I I just felt more relaxed out there. And I and I'd been the last uh the last two weeks I kind of had a little setback with uh with the uh, dreaded S word. Um oh, okay. and I actually worked myself all the way through it on Wednesday. I started out really struggling on the on the and then you know on the fir- on the front nine and by the seventh, eighth hole, I was starting to make really good progress. Um, and on the night, uh, the back nine, I played one of my better rounds on that course. <laughs> nice. So. That's, that's well done there to be able to pull yourself out of that is, uh, that is such a, a hard thing to do. So that's, uh, yeah, that's a good testament to, uh, a lot of the, the process thinking and all of that stuff probably coming. Yeah. I think it's just part of the old you know, the old swing thoughts just sneaking back. So I've, I've, I've had the, uh, the shank issue. Uh, I hope I'm allowed to say that, uh, you know, like probably, <laughs> yeah. yeah, three times in the last three years. And I feel like each time I've, it's taken me about two weeks to work through it. And I feel like each time I have, I've come out on the other side of, with a better swing. Right. Yeah, exactly. The more often, and that's, you know, that's exactly where, it is that just reminds me so much of thinking about the over the top process that almost everybody yeah. we can usually get that club path coming a little bit more from the inside on the downswing then don't pay attention to it for a little while it comes back but that next time you've already fixed it once and so then you know, that process just goes on and on. Don't pay attention to it for a while. I went through that. I saw my swing not long ago where I was like, what is going on with my ball flight here? And I, and I look at my swing and I'm getting super steep all of a sudden. And of course, with all my years of of teaching this and having taught myself it years ago, it take, it took no time to really just know exactly how much I have to exaggerate it to really kind of get the, the swing path back in order and that's kind of the process where every time you go through something like that when you are able to process through it come out on the other side of it you're more prepared for the next time that it creeps up yep yeah so that's really uh that's cool that you were able to do that so um so what about other other things are there other things that you've used outside of face first golf that that have helped you along the way, anything that you'd recommend outside, outside of face first call? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to sound like a real uh, Zen guy now, but, um, in addition to, uh, my, my bigger practice that I think is just really saved me in a lot of ways is yoga. Um, yeah. Uh, when I like from, I had chronic, chronic back pain for 15 years starting, I was in my office one day, uh, at work and we were in a big meeting actually in a conference room and I went to stand up after uh, the conference was over my back went into a spasm and I, I wound up you know in the hospital because I couldn't even I, I couldn't get out of my chair and oh. so for 15 years I just battled uh, back pain and I tried everything from uh, you know chiropractors and stretching and you know all sorts of things and um, a couple of years ago I, I decided to give yoga a try and I've been able to give up like I don't go to a chiropractor anymore. I've been back pain free for three full years now. And in addition to getting rid of the back pain, it's made me a lot more flexible. So I think, I think that's, uh, in addition to having better swing mechanics, being a lot more flexible now, um, has, has really allowed me to get the most out of what I'm doing with face first golf. So honestly, I think if people want to play golf, into their eighties, you know, you know, long into life, stretching and yoga. I I just can't recommend it enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really, that's a great, uh, that is a great thing to bring up and, and point out because, you know, I, I'm reminded when 
Um, you know, I look at that that video that I just put out of my son and I hitting balls next to each other, and you see the the uh, the positions. He's a he's a lefty, and and uh, us hitting shots right next to each other, and you see you know, him at the finish of the swing and me at the finish of the swing. And I'm never going to be him at the finish of the swing, but I look at that and I go, you know what? I think I've got a little more turn and a little more finish in there that I'm just kind of, uh, you know, probably not doing the right things physically for myself to be able to get there. And there's no, nothing really holding me back except my lack of commitment to, flexibility. And, and I think that's a great thing to, uh, point out. So I thank you yep. for, for sharing yeah. that. I, I used to get uh, shoulder bursitis and I had Achilles tendon issues and a bad right knee and my chronic back pain and six months into yoga, they all just vanished. I, I don't have any of those issues that's anymore. That's a great, great reminder. So, uh, advice for anyone listening to this, who's in your shoes and they want to improve their game. What would you tell them? Well, I, I, you know, we talked about it a little bit early on, um, but I think you need to, you need to learn the the golf swing, um, ex, you know, the, all the different components of it, and then find the right drills uh, to to work from the from the grip, you know, through the through the progression of the swing, and uh, make it a regular habit, you know, five ten minutes a few times a day. Uh, working at home and then when you can at the at the range or uh, you know whatever setup you have at home um and be patient and enjoy the process because that's <laughs> that's what i've really learned it's it can it's been, there's been a lot of frustrations along the way um but especially listening to roger denning and everything he's had to say about you know how much he just enjoys the game and he's had some physical setbacks along the time and so when he's out there you just he just enjoys it. I I really take that to heart and just try and enjoy the enjoy the process. I, I I really try to not get mad at myself. I try to to laugh and just have fun and enjoy that I'm out on a beautiful day in North Carolina with my with my buddies uh, playing a great game, and and then just enjoy the process of of learning and and you, you know you see from pretty early on I I knew I was making progress. I knew I was on the right track. Um, but you really are renting it in the beginning and you have to just be patient as until your body really starts to follow it more effortlessly, but you'll see, you'll see progress along the way and you just have to trust the process. And, and, uh, I've just kept my, my eye on the, on the long game, which is that I want to, uh, you know, I want to become, you know, I think I'll be really happy if I can get below a, a 10 handicap. I don't, I don't need to be a zero hand. It'd be great if I could be, but if if I can go out and shoot an eighty five or less every day, I feel like that's uh, that's a really good round of golf, and I'm getting really close to that now. So just keep your eye on what you want to accomplish and and have a plan and stick to it. I love uh, I love the uh, the reference to the rent versus owning swing changes. So that's something we always talk about in face first golf that you know you start getting into better positions in the early going, but you're only renting that swing change because uh, the reverting to old habits will so often come back out, especially on the golf course. And you keep going back to those same things, getting back to the same drills, working on the same things. And eventually you come to own that swing. And then the other thing that, uh, that I'm reminded of when you, when you say that is my advice to always uh, one uh, commit to the process to expect ups and downs and three be patient with yourself and that's about all you can really do in this game <laughs> yep yeah so, about uh, about six months into phase first golf i had a i just had a great stretch i had nine nine rounds in a row where i shot below 90 i was anywhere from 83 to to an 89 and on the ninth round i I said, I, um, I've arrived. I'm finally doing this. And I thought I was there. And then, <laughs> yeah, I shot a, I shot a 39 on the front nine of my ninth round. And on the back nine, I shot a 60 and, and it, it was a struggle bus for, for a long time. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, there are definitely ups and downs, but I've throughout it all, I've just been focused on the, on the process and, you know, just, uh, enjoying it because it, it is really fun. It's a great hobby. The learning how to swing a great swing is a hobby. 
um, for me anyway. Right. Right. Well, and again, I mean, the more times that is, you know, uh, all levels of players go through great golf and not so much great golf. And you look at, you know, Ricky Fowler and you look at Spieth went through it and you look at Justin Thomas going through it right now. And, and, uh, you know, the, the more times that you go through a stretch like that and you come out on the other side of it, the more, again, prepared you are for the inevitable ups and downs that is golf, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd heard, uh, heard somebody, uh, talk about it, uh, a while ago about, you know, amateur golfers, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be like the pros that we see on TV every weekend. But on the, on the weekend, you're, you're watching like the 20 best guys in the world who are playing their best golf at that time. There are 70 guys who you hardly ever see in that same round of golf that are hitting it into the woods and getting stuck in the bunker. And, you know, they're not struggling like a 20 handicap for sure, but, but they're struggling. They're not playing great golf and uh, for, for their skill level. And uh, so everybody goes through it. And, that's such a great point. Uh, you know, that's what I always, uh, that's what I always tell my son, you know, everybody thinks that, uh, that pros make uh, about eh, maybe 90% of their eight footers. And that's because if they're, you know, in the final groups on the weekend, they are making about 90% of their eight footers and the rest of the field is, is not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So last question, I stole this from, uh, from, uh, Tim Ferriss, who has a huge podcast and he has a question like this. So I'm, I, I, I change it to golf, but what message would you put on a billboard for millions of golfers to see? Okay. So I thought about this when I, I looked at it from your perspective. So I, so I assume you're looking for like ideas on face first golf advertising kind of a thing. That's how that's no, the perspective. You know, not really advertising oh, okay. necessarily. I would just say, what would be a message that, you know, because one that one that always comes up that I thought um, so many members would probably, uh, when I thought of the question, the first answer that I thought of was, you know, I bet a lot of members would say something like low and slow, because that's such mm. a, you know, such a mantra that that has resonated with so many players. And, and so not from an advertising perspective, but more from just kind of a, a the perspective okay. of what message do golfers need to be reminded of, whether it's, you know, have patience with yourself or something swing related or something mind related or something like that. Yeah. I, well, um, well, I guess I'll give you my ad first. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I would have on the billboard, it would have said tired of yelling four and the four would be in all capital letters with exclamation marks. And then there'd be a QR code that goes to uh, face first golf. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, in terms of like the message, I guess, yeah, low and slow is definitely an impactful one. Uh, grip creep, you know, watch for uh, grip creep. Right. Weak grip um, creep leads to over yeah. downswing path drifts. <laughs> yeah. And then I think the, you know, the, the low and, in you know the elbow low and close to the body kind of a thing on the right elbow or the back yep. elbow yeah i think if you if you get those three things right it makes steps 4 through 6 a lot easier <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely if you can if you can uh yeah especially kind of get that get that trail elbow hitting that that trail hip in the downswing that's going to that solves a lot of issues right there because that really helps with that path coming from the inside and then it almost forces that hip rotation because when that trail elbow hits that trail hip you kind of yep. have to turn the, the your body to to move the club at that point so yeah yeah one, one of the things i really struggled with for a long time it took me a while to even spot it on video was that you know you're always trying to take that big backswing and i think for a lot of men um, it's really hard to keep, like, you see some of the women and that, that, uh, their left arm is just like almost even hyperextended the elbow and men for the most, you don't even see a lot of the tour men players with a completely straight, uh, left arm. But I was really like, I was at a 90 degree bend when I was trying and I didn't feel it. Like, uh, when I would take my swing, I thought I was keeping my arms really straight. And then I'd look at it on the video and it would be bent behind, you know, almost to the other side of my, uh, my head in the backswing and uh 
the low elbow, low right elbow really started getting me to understand what my left arm had to do. And that I, you know, so I started, that's when you started in my videos, you started seeing my, my hands out more behind my head and not going, you know, towards, uh, to the other side of the head on the target side. Right. Kind of what we call that width where the hands are out. Yes. The width. Exactly. Yep. Kind of buried back behind the head. I had no feel for that whatsoever. I I honestly thought I was staying wide and, I think another uh, big issue with that is just the hinge, you know, because I think that's so important to that issue because I see so many players who a lot of times that hinge is really late, 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 and then you feel like you don't have any power gathered. So players tend to keep going back this way. And so if you can get that hinge set a little earlier in the backswing, that, that really contributes yep. to you being able to stay a little keep a little bit more of that width in the backswing as well yeah i still over hinge a little bit too i go past that that 90 so i've been i've been working on that um a bit too in the garage yeah well we're all working on something aren't we uh, yeah that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> so but Except it's, me, it's i don't know what i'm working on anymore i'm working on i'm working on my caddying and green reading yeah Skills. I got a little player who I pretty much tell him where to hit it and he hits it there. So it's pretty fun to, uh, all, all I got to do is figure out what's a really good uh, spot to hit it. And he, uh, he hits his spot. So I got an easy job now. <laughs> his, his swing is remarkable. That side-by-side video of you guys just blew me away how angled he was at impact. Yeah, it blows me away too. That is definitely a, that is a, I, I, I had never you know, I mean, I watch his swing a lot, but it's been a, we just don't look at it as much as we used to. And his, he's just hitting it good. He's playing really good. And, and uh, so it had been a while. And when I f- did that little freeze frame of him just past impact, that was, I was just like, wow, that is a tour player position right there. I mean, it just reminded me in so many ways of just a lot of those, like that, that tilt of the shoulders, Tiger, you just used to be. I mean, his shoulders were just so steep at impact. And what that does for, for those players is the steeper those shoulders are at impact, just the less severe the the arc of the swing is around, you know. Yeah. It allows, when you're steeper with those shoulders, it allows that club to just travel down the target line for a longer period of time, which reduces the chances of anything, any errors or anything getting really off there so yeah that was that was fun to see and you know people are always like oh man he must have learned that swing and from you and i'm like i've i've been (laughs) i've been telling him where to hit it since he's five and that swings kind of developed and we do some some swing work but uh but i'll tell you the biggest thing that i ever taught him that we were just out last night shooting video on this and he's starting to shoot the videos with me now. And, and, uh, and the first thing I taught him when he was five years old was how to lead with the hands with those little chip shots. And I've got a video that I'll have to share uh, maybe in this new series that's coming up, but I've got a, I got a video of him when he's five years old uh, on the chipping green just hitting one after another, these little spinny, little checking, little chip shots. And uh, so if anybody out there is listening and who, you know, has a kid that they want to teach golf to and wonders what's the first thing to teach a kid, I truly, truly believe that learning that, that kind of impact with just a little chip shot and learning kind of that trapping, hitting down kind of action is what really allowed his swing to develop the way that it has. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I, I, uh, I use the uh, six step concept with my wife. Um, so I, I was like, I'm going to teach you this and see what happens. So we put her on the simulator. Her very first shot with her eight iron was a, was a 115 yard draw. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh, I can teach it. Well, it must be going around because because uh, Mark, <laughs> that's what uh, he was, uh, who I just uh, did this with last week, was just uh, 
telling me the same thing, telling me this whole story about how his wife was, you know, calling him a golf nut and how obsessed he was and has this big net in his backyard that he always goes to. And then he says, and so guess who bought clubs three weeks ago? (laughs) So you guys are uh, taking what you're passing along the passion. And that's, uh, that's great to see. And and I'm, I'm so grateful for members like you who I always say it and, and I'll say it again. So many of you who, who know my content, sometimes I think you mentioned Roger earlier, who's a, just been a very influential member of the group for years and years and years. And, and so he sends me this whole, in, I mean, I probably have literally 400, I don't know, 400, 450 lessons in the whole everything that you would have on all these different topics and all these different programs. So he sends me an index of every lesson from every program, every where it is in the membership site and in the app and all of this stuff. And I was telling Mark last week when I talked to him, just that uh, so often now when I see a question in the in our private Facebook group there, uh, sometimes I'll just wait because you know, I've got kind of my version of what the answer will be, but I know that all of these other members who know my content just as well as I do might come up with a with a better answer than the one. And it happens all the time where I'm I'll read something and I'll be like, yeah, that I I I would have missed this little point or something like that. So it's been really cool to, you know, referencing you teaching being it feeling like you can teach the steps to your wife because you you know them so well and and uh that's just uh it's a testament to you know just the kind of commitment to the process that you put in and and that's super cool to yeah. hear that <laughs> yeah and i think um you mentioned with the kids uh, starting with the little chip shot i think that's uh, i totally agree with that but then you know learn learning the swing properly as uh, right from the beginning as a uh, kid or even as an adult if you've never played golf as opposed to trying to teach your you know just going out and swinging a club oh, it, so it makes it so much harder to undo the the, the bad things so learn right yeah. from the beginning yeah if you could if you could just have a decent grip you know to start off with because so many players they pick up a club and the first thing they do they you know they grip the club like this and the, the left hand super weak now, you know, they have no chance of squaring up the club face. So now everything else about their swing develops because they have no chance of squaring up the club face. So if you yeah, just yeah. started out with just one thing and, and it would be that strong lead hand, that would yeah. that would set you up for a lot of success. Yesterday, we got paired up with a random father and son team. The son was like, I don't know, 18 years old, and but hadn't played a lot of golf. And he had a really nice, strong grip. And his dad's telling him, oh, you, you know, his dad was teaching him how to make it a weak grip. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't say anything. I didn't say anything because I didn't want to, you know, but I was like, oh, please don't. Oh, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. You know, so I think so long people have just been drilled, had drilled into them. Neutral grip, neutral grip, neutral grip. And and if anything, I mean, it's really just become obvious, especially over the last 10 years on tour, that the trends are stronger and stronger grips and more and more hip rotation through impact because it really a lot of it is turning into kind of a power game and and uh and the more you have that confidence that that club face is going to square up at impact the more it really just frees you to really release that body hard through impact and that's really becoming the the modern swing so and and again you know i was just out with jackson shooting lessons and and uh Man, when you look, when you see, you'll see, but when you see how strong his grip is, it's off the charts. I mean, it's a lefty. I mean, he's got those V's way outside this left shoulder and he just hits it great with that grip. And I taught him a little bit of a strong grip when he was little, but he's just on his own, just kind of, I've, I've, I've just left it alone and it's just moved over to stronger and stronger and that's just i think that's why he's just so cranked with his body through impact and uh he hits it great with that grip and so yeah i mean you know i'm not opposed to people teaching more neutral style grips and and i see some decent players out there with 
neutral grips, but, uh, but don't just change a grip just because it doesn't look neutral to you. You know, that's what, yeah. that would be my advice. If you're, if you're a dad with a kid that, that, that developed a strong grip on his own, don't go fix it so that it, uh, you know, looks like the, the old pictures of the, of the neutral grip from back in the day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agreed. All right, Don. Well, I guess we will wrap up here. Thank you so much for taking this time. Uh, it has really, I'm, you know, this is maybe this is this might be my new favorite uh, day of the week. It 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 <laughs> talking about the the live broadcasts and you know how that's becoming my favorite day of the week. How I feel after it, even if I don't always eagerly anticipate you know, necessarily the live broadcast, but, uh, but these first two conversations last week with Mark and, and now with you and, and now I'm, I'm booked out through, uh, through September with these weekly calls. So I appreciate you jumping on there and jumping on the, yeah. and I appreciate you taking the time to, to sit down and spend this time with me. And, and it just means the world to me. Likewise. I have two, two things, uh, one really appreciate how innovative you are uh, with your with your golf programming. For being an online program, you really do feel like you're part of a community. I'm s- super glad that I took the leap of faith and uh, signed up for the first step program because it's it's really added. Uh, I've just really enjoyed. It's given me a real sense of purpose in my uh, in my golf practice, and and I know I'm getting huge benefit out of it. And I I think you're really innovative, and you know you, it's clear that you're. It's, you're putting so much thought into how to make this a, a great community with your live sessions and these interviews and uh, the Q and A's and all of your new content that you do. So I know lots of people in the, in face first golf really appreciate that as, as do I. And then I want to float one, just put one idea in your head to, to think about, would you ever consider, um, or maybe just think about doing some kind of a, uh, in-person event, whether it's a little golf tournament, uh, maybe with a half day of, in-person drilling, uh, you know, get to however, I don't know what would be a reasonable number of people, 10, 20, you know, some number of golfers and have a couple day tournament with a, with a live event, um, you know, so that everybody I, could get together. I, 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 it would be really fun. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, uh, I kind of, I've gotten that request a couple of times and at first I kind of dismissed it like, ah, that's not really, we're not really a golf and, you know, an in-person type of golf school, but as I continue to get more and more requests like that, I've got to really seriously look into something like that. I mean, you know, where we are here in Marana at the gallery, um, it would be, uh, you know, we have two 18 hole courses that are in my opinion, probably the, the two, they're my two favorite golf courses in all of Arizona to play. And, uh, you know, we have a super busy kind of, uh, kind of December through April kind of season, but kind of in those shoulder seasons, maybe, you know, maybe late, late spring or, or, uh, sometime in the, in the fall when, uh, when it's a little quieter around here, I wonder if maybe they'd be open, you know, we, I can of course bring guests out, but, what if I said, "Hey, how about if I bring twenty guests out with that?" Yep. <laughs> so that's that. I appreciate you uh, uh, planning that bug again, and and I will definitely follow up with the GM at the gallery about that, and just see what his thoughts are on uh, on us having some kind of little thing like that because I do think it would be a blast, and I keep getting that request. So I guess I guess people are serious about wanting to. Wanting to show up for something like that too. That's yeah, the other thing I always think is: Would people really come out for something like that, or would we want to find a more central location? I, you know, that's that's kind of yeah. what I was thinking. I did a um, I, uh, my my dad got me uh, invited me to go into one of his things. Uh, it's with, uh, I don't know if you remember the name Jim Ahern. He was yes. uh, he was a tour pro in this in the seventies. He's a little guy. He's you know five five, seven, five, eight, kind of like me. <laughs> um, uh, but he was the longest hitter on the tour back then. He's really nice guy. And he, I've been on a couple of his, uh, little events that he like four day tournaments. And he, he, uh, he hires a team of people and they call like 
he, you know, he networks and he, so he calls some of the local pros. And so we've been out to long Island and played some great courses there up into Montana. Um, and one other place. Oh, Michigan. Those are the three that I went on. Um, but he started it with, uh, guys that were in car dealerships. And then, so my dad had a friend that was a car dealer and he got invited. And so my dad's group has kind of taken it over a little bit. Uh, but it's just a, it's a really fun three, four days of just hanging out with golfers and playing a tournament in some cool spots. So that was, I thought it might be an interesting thing to tack on the face first golf and uh, yeah. let everybody get to know each other. It's a great, that's a great suggestion. Yeah. One more thing to kind of, uh, build the community. We already have it. So, uh, you know, why not, uh, why not keep doing everything we can to make it feel more and more like a community. So I will, yeah. uh, I will, uh, I'll talk to the GM about that. See what he thinks. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, Don. Thanks so much for taking the time. This is a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. And I appreciate you and all the members of Face First Golf so much. I just really love what I get to do. And I'm so grateful for all of you uh, coming along on this journey with me. And and I don't uh, ever forget just uh, how special it is that I get to do what I get to do. So thanks. Sounds good. It was great talking to you. I'm going to go meditate and then practice. <laughs> there you go, Don. All right. Thanks so much. You have a great right. day. Take care, Craig. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to connect with Face First Golf members and with you. Helping over 20,000 players all over the world has been an absolute dream come true. If you're ready to write an improvement story of your own, be sure to stop by and see us at facefirstgolf.com.